Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live. Talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Warning, 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 warning. That damn fire alarm is going to take off at any minute. It's the first Tuesday of the month, and that's when it does it. So, um, hi, welcome. Susan, you there? I'm here, but I'm I'm ready to yeah. throw the phone away from my ear. Yeah, so be be careful. It's already late. Oh well. I, I I guess we'll we'll start and just be blown away when we're blown away. Damn. Okay. Anyway, hey, are are you in Green Bay, right? Yes, I am. I'm and about to th- you, this evening have my fiftieth anniversary. I mean uh, reunion. Right. That's what I want. So Susan's up in Green Bay for her 50th high school reunion, which absurdly is being held on a Tuesday night. But it's being held on a Tuesday night because the uh, this is the day, 50 years to the day from from when we graduated. We graduated on this date. Yeah, but years ago. yeah, but people come from far and wide, and generally speaking, yeah, yeah, they still have. Yeah, you would think, to... but if you if uh, if 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 it's any indication of who shows up, that these folks ain't working. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a big turnout. You've already been partying. Well, no, there was an event. There was an event last night. One of our one of my classmates is a um, professional pianist and has lived in Rome. For her whole adult life and performed and taught there and um, she gave a concert. Uh, concert to benefit suicide prevention last night on the in, at the East High on the East High stage in the, at the auditorium Jeez. so not everybody came to that <laughs> was it like you mean classical music it was uh, music with an Italian theme uh, by yeah all all classical beautiful she's she's uh, an accomplished Ooh. pianist wow and then and a good friend of hers from the class Julie Poe I don't know if you remember I remember Poe. Julie I do remember Julie uh, da- yeah okay we're just gonna cease and desist here for a little bit damn. Oh, my God, that was too short. They're going to come back. Julie Poe. Julie Poe, who still lives down the street. <laughs> she still lives uh, Got up and did a really spirited duet for an encore. It was, it was just cute. Oh, how nice. I mean, and, and everybody in the audience was just sort of charmed. But the first thing that happened is this guy sits next to me and turns and looks at me and goes, Susan! And then introduces himself, and I just my brain did not compute the name that he said with the person sitting next to me, in any it, so totally that I you know I gave him a big hi and a hug, and uh, and then 
and and the woman next to him, whom I also didn't recognize, but helpfully said her name, and then I saw her in there, and I said, oh, hi, how are you? And then I sit down, because the concert's going to start, and my friend Marilyn leans over and says, who's that man next to you? And I said, I don't know. And she said, but he just told you his name. He said, I don't know. <laughs> Marilyn met him afterwards, heard his name, and we both agree. This this guy is not that guy. <laughs> well, now, wait a minute. And both of our brains so totally rejected it. The person that we remember and 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 my my friend Marilyn is is a is a beautiful tall woman and she remembers this guy as being taller than her, blonde, a track runner, a good looking, handsome guy, and this is this teeny little round person <laughs> <laughs> with dark hair. And so my brain absolutely rejected when he said that his name was what I said. No, it's not. And which is why I couldn't tell Marilyn his name. And then Marilyn met him and absolutely understood. And then we argued all the way home and said, could it be? Could someone just, could some homeless person just be sitting? (laughs) Anyway, it's going to be interesting. Oh, yeah. So tonight's the night where you're really going to see everybody. Well, first of all, we're throwing a pre-party here uh, in honor of the great popcorn robbery. All right. And, um... Uh, and and it's been a lot of people are coming. It's mostly the Alloway Scar grade school crowd is showing uh-huh. up. So that's before uh, at at yeah at mom's that's house. That's like yeah, it's at mom's house this afternoon, and then we'll wander off to the bigger affair. Wow. <laughs> well, have fun. It is fun, isn't it? Well, you know what? I'm glad we had that little icebreaker last night where every nobody recognized anybody. Everybody was just laughing about it and, and joyous to see each other and much nicer to each other than we were in high school. So in general, I think it'll be great fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll enjoy, truly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So well, listen, be, before we came on the air, I heard you talking about the Jeopardy. Um, yeah, ah. He lost. He fi- he lost last yeah, night. Yeah, but I wanted. So you were reading what you were reading from the Washington Post. No, I was reading or, something from the New York Times. I think. Yes, you were reading from the New York Times, and I'll tell you why. Because I found that I read that early this morning, and I and I had to comb the article to find the name of the woman that defeated this. Champion. The whole article was about the champion, with a little, with a little nod to this twenty-seven-year-old woman that uh, marched right in and knocked him off. Well, and but, it wasn't until, and then Washington Post did the same thing. No. and it wasn't until the New York Times that they led with a picture of her and talking about her knocking him off. Well, the he's story the was about her. Here's the Times today. the The um, lead story is um, sh- has a picture of the three contestants and uh, makes clear he lost and has her name in the sub headline. Yeah, that, the the New York Times is the only one that did it. Oh, and then on the back, check this: they already had ready to go a big article about her and a nice uh, photograph. Uh, mm-hmm. It looks professionally done. So uh, yes. 
Okay, so the Times did that. But he's... Well, they knew about this. They knew about this in advance and had agreed not to right. publish it until the, the airing. Right. Well, we were Amy and I were talking. It, it's sort of mind-blowing. Uh, it turns out that these shows are are taped three months before they air. About three months. And they're taped, they do a whole week in one day. So they do five shows in one day. Uh, which means that he is knocking off, he's doing five shows in a day. But they're all obviously trained to uh, make it seem real time. And having once actually emceed a talk show, I mean, a game show of my own for uh, public television here in Pennsylvania, I know that I had to, we did, we filmed it in State College, and I would have to literally send a tr- my entire wardrobe uh, ahead of me because after you tape a show, you have to change clothes, right? So these guys have to change clothes so they look like it's another day. The other odd thing is she had never heard of him because by when she taped this, none of his things had aired yet. So she didn't know she was taking on this phenom until the show started. Do you... Hello? But she also, what's, what's interesting about her, Lynn, is that I mean, I, I'm sure like anybody else that does as well at the game as as she has, she is a real student of the game. Right, totally. So much so that she wrote her master's thesis I know. on, on the, the questions asked. Right. She had done so a whole... The fact that, right. right. And, but the fact that she might play the game exactly as another guy who had studied how to do this and come to the same conclusion is not a surprise. So she that it's interesting though. She had never seen him, didn't know how he operated, but did exactly the same things he did. Uh first of all, she st- saw he always starts the game. She saw that he went right for the most money, the uh, which and and then she did that. And then she landed on all the double uh, Jeopardy things, and she bet big. I mean, dup- and she pulled ahead of him relatively early, and uh, and yeah, she had practiced. I mean, the people who win this game, um, she'd stand in front of her television, and she was trying, and they she worked using toilet paper uh, rolls as the buzzer, trying to get the buzzer thing down. People who actually you know, want to win this game, work, work, work at it. But uh, right. you don't, right? You're right. You don't stumble on it accidentally. Uh, no, both he and she, hero. yeah, work. <laughs> and it says that neither she nor he last night. Well, when I saw it last night in this final game answered a single clue incorrectly. They both played perfect games. Not one mistake. It's just that she landed on some of the 
you know, some of the things that allowed her to bet and double her score. So, she beat him. Well, they all got the final square, question let's right. Yes, he does. I, and he was, and he, and he, from all accounts, handled. He was thrilled for her, and just yeah, he was. A, he was a, a, to- yeah. a true gentleman. He high fived her, told her great game, and and then he gave her some advice. He said, um, he said, you are, um, you're about to, <laughs> you know, have your life upended. He said, figure out what you want to do with this instant celebrity and then try to control it or something like that he he said to her so um so he ends up not not he, he was he fell uh, a little uh, like about $60,000 shy of Ken Jennings uh record uh, hall and um so Jennings keeps uh, keeps that prize anyway yeah. sorry for those of you who don't give a damn about any of this but it says here. Well, I'm just uh, I'm just excited for her. Yeah. You know. Anyway, this Holzhauer did, throughout his run, get the right answer 97 percent of the time. See, that's what I find so amazing. Hard to beat. You know, that. not not that he's a, you know not that he's a professional gambler and and, and understands the art of the game, but that. Do well in the art of this game. You have to also know everything about anything. Right. It's amazing. So he's got a hit. You know, I don't know. I don't know. You know, he's young. He's in his thirties, right? She's yeah. she's younger, twenty-seven. Right. Well, but, these are nimble brains that are able right. to retain everything that they read. Yeah. Just um, you wait. Get it now. <laughs> because in 50 years, you'll be standing in front of somebody going, do I know you? <laughs> <laughs> well, little, little, uh, I've just been introducing myself as Marilyn's mother. It's working out great. <laughs> whatever. I think you look exactly like you looked. and No one's going to have trouble with you. You look the same. Yeah, people are recognizing. Yeah, you, people right. would recognize you for sure. So, right. um, uh, little Tony writes, "It'll be nice to watch Jeopardy again." He he had signed off it. He hated this guy. Um, I watched last night because I knew what's his face was going to lose. Um, yeah, I watched too because the New York Times had said something suggesting it. So they. they yeah, I would say it was a spoiler. I had people over for dinner, and I said, I'm really sorry, but we got to watch Jeopardy because I have a feeling he's going to lose. It wasn't clear, but they said something like, uh, bleh, bleh. they made some remark that something would ha- happen. And what could have happened is he could have surpassed Ken Jennings' thing. Or right, right, he, right, right. Well, that was it, that, that they were suggesting that maybe he might said. No, no, I think they knew they shouldn't have done it, but I wouldn't have seen it. No, they they should have kept their mouth shut. Um, uh, Okay, so how long do you think before they figure out how to get? They'll do a champions um, tournament, and they'll have they're going to have they're going to have a battle of the Ken Jennings and him. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But see, Ken Jennings 
is getting old. I mean, so his brain can't be as supple as it was. No, and he and he says, I don't know that I, you know he might be able to knock me right off. I I don't do this anymore. Right. Although I I guess they met in a trivia match somewhere recently, and uh, Jennings uh, cleaned the floor with him. So go figure. <laughs> anyway, enough. Right. Enough. Okay, we've. D- Thank God. Okay, we've enough d- with our fascination with knowledge nerds. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, here's a here's something I I liked reading. When he arrived at Buckingham Palace, he being you know who. Yes. When he arrived at Buckingham Palace, a three mile journey, he he arrived by helicopter. In May of 2011, President Barack Obama made the same trip by motorcade, driving past cheering crowds. <laughs> by using a helicopter, Trump avoided any possibility of encountering protests. God. Well, they're protesting up a storm there in London today, and he. Did you, did you, I saw did him you saying that the, the fake image news on the, on the Tower of London. Yeah. <laughs> so they're they're really trolling him, and uh, it's fine and dandy. God, is he disgusting? Well, I mean, why can't he at least get a uh, you know evening dress that fits with the sleeves the right length? I don't know. I, 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 I he always he's looks... obviously ordering up the tux. Where's the tailor that's not tailoring the suit properly? He always looks, yeah, unkempt somehow. It's because it's odd. I gotta say, Melania in that white dress with the hat looked absolutely stunning. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. Well, she's a friggin' giving, model. Giving the she... devil her due, she looked absolutely stunning. Fine, okay. And she was, ha- the queen came up to her navel. I know. <laughs> but Camilla sort of held her own with Yes, it. I thought Camilla did as well. Okay, and you see what the queen gave him as a gift? Uh, book of Etiquette? It was a book. And right there is a big mistake. He doesn't read. he can't read. He doesn't read books. She gave him a signed book. That had belonged to Winston Churchill or something, and I'm thinking, what a fucking waste! I know that's what I thought. <laughs> oh my God, uh, no! Excuse, excuse my French, but yeah, that, if ever there was a fucking waste, that's, that's it. A fucking waste. Well, that's how I reacted to it too. It's something. It's something that was Winston Churchill's, and uh, and it was a book, and the whole thing just ugh, 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 whatever. What else? So, um, uh, 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 um, do we have to talk about stuff? I guess we do. Do we? What stuff? I've I've been uh, out of it. Other, I've been otherwise happily otherwise engaged. I have to say. Um, I've been looking for news. I mean, I know what's happening in Missouri. What? 
Well, what's well, happening? To, they're battling. They don't. We're, we're trying not to be. They're trying not to become, or they are trying to become, depending on which side you're on. The first state to have no abortion clinics. Right. And um, well, so at least they st- it, that was supposedly going to happen uh, last Friday, and they staved well, but, it off. And, and they they got it. They stayed open over the weekend, and the next court hearing is today. And I am hopeful that the judge will uh, see through this um, constant moving of goalposts and allow women to get health care. Well. And a bunch of my old friends got dragged off to jail last week. In a protest. Yeah, the board of directors of Planned Parenthood. I mean, (laughs) all these girls. You know, well... it's going to come I to that. I felt sort of bad that I wasn't there with him. I, you know, by all rights, I should have been and mm. would have been. So there was a, speaking of uh, abortion, there was a uh, piece that I didn't quite get into much, but um, it did say that our entire abortion debate hits the fetus against the woman. Yes. And men are totally absent from the picture. Even though, (laughs) as we know, there wouldn't be a fetus without them. So they're talking about the fact that what is it about our laws that has totally allowed men to not have responsibility let's let's yes but let's change the question first because i i'm having trouble with the wording and and um you know in my constant battle to not let people get away with this nonsense namely the um forced birther people i I, I reject the use of the term fetus as we are using it because it's the the laws that we're talking about right now are really laws about embryos. They are not big enough to be fetuses. And so the second that we start, you know, the next thing is it's not a fetus; it's a baby. Wait and a minute. So when does? I, well, this is never. I've never heard this before. When okay, does it, an embryo? I think, I think what defines think an embryo I, is a opposed to a fetus. I think it's not a fetus until sometime after the 10th week. And I have to go back and, and, and find the article that I was reading written by a doctor who was just beside herself because this was the article where she, where she was saying, if we keep the debate on their terms, using their words, we lose and we accept their lies. There is no fetal heartbeat at six weeks. So if we call it a fetal heartbeat law, if we allow the media to get away with that, we are already letting them stack the deck against the rightful science of what's going on. There is no heartbeat. There are cells that will eventually develop into a heartbeat. At that point, they tremble a little bit. They have a little vibration. And that is an embryo, not a fetus. So it's not a fetal. It's an embryonic vibration. But that doesn't have the same ring as a fetal heartbeat. No. Embryonic vibration bills. 
Well, if there's one thing we know... So now we're discussing yeah, okay. whether an, embry- an embryo that can vibrate has more rights than the woman in which it resides. And, and that's how I have been posing this question all along. At what point does the thing that grows inside me have the right to trump my life? Have rights greater than mine such that their rights overrule mine? So now, if we have two equal, let's grant them, let's grant them equal status, two equal things. But we are granting the littler thing that cannot survive without being inside the bigger thing rights over the bigger thing. You know why? Because they don't have a voice. Do you know why they don't have a voice? Because they don't have a mouth. They don't have a brain. They don't have a central nervous system. They don't have a heart. They are embryos. That's why they don't have a voice. So when do we decide when that thing growing inside of a woman has greater rights than the woman itself? That is the sole question, the only question. We can't debate whether it's life. Of course it's life in some sort or form. It's whether that life is more important and has rights that are more important and take precedence over mine. That's the only question. Well, well said, well done, and I would argue that, as usual, our side has been outplayed in the, on the semantics and the and the marketing and labeling. Uh, but that's why I stopped you. Front. So if we're going right. to have this discussion, let's use the correct terms. Okay. Has anyone though? I, I'm curious now about this embryo and uh, fetus thing because I, I I think this is a great point. It's a little late to the game, isn't it? Since everybody already uses their terminology like pro-life, right? That was a, that yeah. was the masterful. Yeah, which point. I would I don't say anymore because these people are no. anything but pro-life. They are forced birthers. That's what they are. Because the rest of their credo and and the rest of their actions shows that they are not pro life life right wow so i i can look this up i'll see if i can find what i found but i'm i'm pretty clear about it anyway here's something else from this piece you can look and i'll share this um Research shows that countries where abortion is illegal have higher rates of abortion than in the United States. If you make it illegal, you end up with higher rates of abortion. Now, how can that be? My guess is, is where abortion is illegal, contraception and sex education are also if not illegal, they're uh, minimal or difficult to access. And consequently, there are more unintended uh, pregnancies and more desperate women uh, trying to get those embryos out of themselves. Uh, the, the, the transition, just to answer the question, from embryo to fetus takes place during in the course of weeks 9 through 12 prior to after the eighth week before the eighth week it is absolutely an embryo weeks 9 through 12 it is transitioning into becoming a fetus 
after then it is a fetus. Okay. Well, that's important. Or not. You know, some people just... It's, I mean, it, I, isn't, it isn't, it isn't, because I'm not debating whether that thing potentially becomes a living baby that you should live and be loved and have an equal chance at life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's not the question. The question is, at what point, if ever, do the rights of that creature supersede mine? Well, to the so-called pro-life crowd, the minute, uh, the minute uh, an egg and a sperm meet, right? Because at that point, the woman to them just becomes a incubator, right? Right. She loses her. She at her, that her point in their minds. Right, but you know this is but, a convenient. Uh, this is a convenient way of looking things. If if your goal is to keep the patriarchy going and keep women down, that's a very convenient construction. It's I understand the belief system. The need. So all of these laws really are about controlling women. Yes. Uh, and keeping them as incubators. And I'm wondering how much. It figures in that these same uh, often white people, conservative white people, uh, are concerned that white women aren't procreating as quickly as women of color. Does that figure in here? Oh, I'm sure. They want more white babies. But of course, their laws well, you know, which impact. In a, which, in a roundabout way, leads us to the citizenship question and how you know they've uncovered that the uh, this, the evidence that it was a Republican strategist who you know actually writes out in emails that uh, we will suppress the Democrat vote and and increase the white Republican. That's right. By putting that census question in. White. Uh-huh. White, made very clear. White, exactly. Oh. So, yes, these are all, <clears throat> this is all about um, increasing our numbers against them, keeping women, I mean, it's a multi-pronged attack, but I don't think anybody thinks about it that far, and I'm tired of explaining all this nonsense at this point. Um, you know, I just, I just think that we need to define the question as the, as the actual legal question it is at what points do the right at what point does the right of that creature supersede the host body you're tough on this susan and i think you're right i am right. really tough on this i am i am uh, because there's no because you can't argue the morality of it in that in that sense you can't deny the reality of what an abortion is that's a loser but we also don't have to talk about it in their terms. Let's just talk the real, unvarnished truth. You're talking about my rights versus its rights. That's all. Yeah. You know, I've been carrying around this uh, this piece, and since we're talking about women, I, I let me share this. And it was sent to me by a man. Just want to make that clear. Um, and it blew my mind because it's talking about it, it, 
there was that documentary that won uh, the Oscar that was about uh, periods. Do you remember? Um, it was about menstruation and women yeah. who yeah. have periods and can't access. I mean, just an extraordinary number of women around the world uh, cannot access the most rudimentary uh, hygiene products to deal with that monthly uh, blood flow, and uh, which, of course, is part of uh, the woman being this incubator, potential incubator. Um, and it's called, uh, around the world, it's called period poverty. Uh, and millions upon millions of women and girls around the world um, really scramble to find ways of dealing with this natural process that occurs in a healthy woman's body. Um, and it was just mind-blowing to see what uh, some women do. And it's a slideshow that was put together of how they deal with it. Um, here is a young woman in Pakistan who's saying, my mother told me to use cloth. I cannot afford sanitary pads. They are out of the question or totally unavailable. So um, cloth turns out to be one of the nicer things. Um, here's a 23-year-old woman in Uganda who wears a skirt made of goat skin. And they just bleed on it. That And this skirt is like, I mean, it's, you would know more, I mean, They use goat skin. Here's another uh, woman who uh, reuses sanitary pads. Uh, there are others who use cow dung. Cow pies. Well, that's sanitary. Well, here, it is. Here, here, here is a girl in Zambia cutting cow patties to size. She says, I do not put the cow patties directly on my skin. I wrap it in a cloth and place it to capture the flow. Uh, I, I like this method because cow patties soak up a lot of blood. I go about doing all sorts of things without any trouble. And there is a picture of her with a knife trying to make these cow patties into, <laughs> into what she uses for. I mean, my... God in heaven. I'm just saying, women, women got a tough row to hoe uh, by virtue of, and some of them powder the cow patties and stick them in a pouch. That is something else that is done by a lot of women. Unbelievable. Yeah. Anyway. All right. How lovely to be a woman. The wait was well worthwhile. We've got two callers. I want to get to the phones. Just want to quickly point out that President Mike Pence 
vice president. Oh my God, I said president. Oh God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I almost threw up. <laughs> Suggested Thursday that abortion rights activists are supporters of infanticide. There you go. See? There you go. He said this. The Democratic Party and leaders across the country uh, supporting late-term abortion, even infanticide, for God's uh, you know, I mean, they sakes. just make this shit up, yeah. and then it's true. Yeah, and then it's true. Let's uh, have our first caller in. Hello, caller. Go ahead, please. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning, Susan. Um, yeah, I'm glad that uh, you're broaching this topic. I... I have taken to always challenging um, the anti-choice zealots when they talk about abortion being murder or infanticide, um, because I then challenge you know I then challenge them to explain why they aren't putting their you know their their safety or their freedom on the line by going to you know physically attack. Uh, abortion clinics because they actually believe children are being murdered I mean if that's their moral conviction then they should be down there throwing their bodies into it well correct some of them have some of them have they've killed the doctors and the the nurses they some of them have see it as war and that's how I usually started off by challenging them asking them if they if they approve and support uh, those who have taken to, you know, bombing abortion clinics or shooting abortion doctors and or nurses, and, you know, nearly invariably, they say, they no. say no. Right. Yeah, that they, that they don't support that. Why not? And why aren't, why aren't you? Are you a moral coward? They're murdering children, children in murdered. there. Yeah. Correct. Huh. Yeah, if they're murdering children, if that's the equivalent of murdering children, then by your own standard, you should either be participating or supporting those who are engaged in a violent struggle to stop that. And then, you know, when they do their usually you know, little circumlocutions, I then hit them with, a, you know, with another uh, line of questioning, which is, what about fertility clinics? If life starts at conception, then are you, do, do you say that those uh, fertility clinics they have to keep any unused embryos, uh, you know, they have to sustain those in cryogenic suspension indefinitely. Because those are all, by the way, which routinely fail. What? <laughs> and what? They, they're, 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 correct. Well, but, and of course, there was in Alabama. Well, that, I mean, is that mass murder? I mean, really, is that mass murder? Yeah. Yeah. And when challenged on that point, an Alabama senator um, stated, well, no, that's. That's not the same. Uh, the the woman isn't. Oh, women aren't pregnant in that case, uh, so that's not the equivalent of an abortion when when frozen embryos are destroyed because they can no longer be maintained uh, economically by fertility clinics. No. Uh, and the real no. and the real and the real reason the real reason they 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 don't take that position, of course, is that people they know may need fertility clinic services. Well, I don't know. Maybe because there's also not a woman to control involved. I mean, there's not this female body to be... It's misogyny, and they're they're even cowards about their misogyny, you know, where they mandate prison sentences for doctors, but not women. You know, I guess they, you know, if if it's a murder, then 
isn't the woman party to a murder? Yeah, right. Okay. Hey, I got to get but to my you, other caller, yeah. but I, I thank you for your <laughs> thank you very much. Appreciate the Have call. Have a good okay. day, such as it is. Yeah. In America. Okay. I'm gonna try to Bye-bye. have a good day. Bye bye. Uh, we have another caller. Caller, go ahead, please. Hello. Hello. Hi, Clarence. Hi. Hi. Uh, hi. <laughs> um, when I was a teenager, I had a girlfriend. This girlfriend had a niece. This niece runs a thing called Sister Friend. Yes. Yes. In when I saw her, I said, that can't be the same kid. <laughs> and it sure is. Yes. Uh, so when you were talking about the... Um, Talk about what Sister Friend I, is. I'm sorry, I interrupted. Um, yeah, that, that's, a, that's okay. It's a, um, a charity where um, they give out free feminine products to people who need them. Yep. Schools, women on the street, anywhere. Yeah. Poor women. And, uh, I mean, even, you poor know... Women, yeah. And also, let's, well, we can broaden this a little bit. There are plenty of young mothers living in poverty who do not have enough uh, diapers and things like that for their babies, mm-hmm. let alone feminine products for yeah. menstruation. So th- there are these charities here in the United States, Sister mm-hmm. Friend being the one I'm aware of. That, yeah, and yeah. The, the young lady who started that was... I held her on my lap when she was a baby a long time ago. And I saw her on TV once. I said, that can't be the same Tamara Whiting. And I, so I, you know, searched. I'm like, that sure is. Aww, <laughs> it was, it was just like great. a that's strange coincidence. Yes, 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 strange coincidence. Good for her. <laughs> so I just wanted to mention her her, uh, her charity, sisterfriend.org. And do yeah, Heroes know. Among Us, that's a good yeah. one. Send yeah. some money. Yeah. That is a good one. Thank you, Clarence. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Yeah, no no cow dung, just money. Jeez. <laughs> but, you know, um, this sort of dovetails um, into uh, something uh, David Brooks' column today. By the way, you know, he got so sort of – did you read him with any regularity? I mean, he started out as a William Buckley I know. Conservative. And sometime during the Obama years, he became a moderate Democrat. And now he's, you know. He became sort of a moderate Republican, I would say. What's totally turned him is, of course, Trump. Right. However, he also sort of got off on this sort of religious kick, and he was yes. like new agey. He was always. I mean, I, I found his columns became actually unreadable. Um. And then I read somewhere that his wife of many years had left him and he realized that he'd been a jerk of a husband, um, ambitious, you know, thing, you know, a classic kind of thing where he wasn't. So he went into this sort of mea culpa wandering in the desert thing and... Um, and now all of a sudden I've noted his columns are have more life in them again. Guess what? He fell in love with a young woman. Did 
do we have any? I mean, I think a young woman. And so I think he married her, and he's rejuvenated. So just Is saying. Is that what happened? I think so, I yeah. That, I was thinking that he was going to go back hat in hand to wife number one and try and be a better hot. No, but he did, he did the more usual route. Right. He found a new younger one. Yeah. No, but, Actually, but a, a woman. Now. I think a woman who had been working with him, like a you know, a, she had been doing some. I'm not. I can't quite remember exactly, but and then all uh-huh. of a sudden, he realized, blah blah blah. So yeah, classic. Anyway, he writes uh, today um, about how the. Um, the Republicans are just so effing doomed if you do look at uh, how millennials and those behind them, generation whatever they are, Z and all that kind of stuff, how they vote. I mean, and he has some numbers from a Pew, uh, a Pew survey that says 57% of millennials say they are consistently liberal or mostly liberal. Only 12% of millennials say they are consistently conservative or even mostly conservative. And he says this is the most important statistic in American politics right now, that less than one-third of the voters, the youngest voters and those coming up see themselves as um, being anywhere near uh, voting for a Republican. They just don't vote for Republicans. Thank God. And 79% of millennials think immigration is good. 61% think racial diversity is good. They they have lived themselves in a more diverse environment. Uh, they care about uh, climate change. Um, and the Generation Z voters born after 1996 are even more liberal than the millennials. Which is to say, who the hell as the old white folks voting for Republicans die off, because that's what they're doing, um, who, there is no republic. there will be no party. None. I don't know if we can wait that long, though. Well, I don't know that they've got a party now, you know. I, everybody that is out of office is just looks at these folks with disgust that we used to call themselves Republican, even the ones we still look at with disgust, like Boehner. Oh. You know, I mean, you know, I, they, so, I mean, to say that young people have turned their backs on those folks is, you know, okay, and uh, thank you, I appreciate it, but let's wait and see how many of them actually vote. Vote. And as, and as they grow older and they have, you know, and they're working and they're paying taxes and, and it starts to come out of their pockets more and more, let's see how they, uh, you know, how they grow up and who they become. God almighty. So you what do you know? make of, Susan, all of a sudden the D- Justice Department, the, F, uh, the FEC, FTC, 
and uh, the House Judiciary Committee are all gunning for uh, the big uh, tech giants. Uh, I I think it's a day late and a dollar short. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. 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 You know. I mean, really, I you know, <laughs> they have you know it's I. It, they, you can't tell me that Mar- Mark Zuckerberg took ethics into consideration as Facebook was blowing up and he was becoming a billionaire. And, you know, and all these retroactive concerns about all the issues that that explosion caused. Uh, it, it, I mean, I understand why it's a day late and a dollar short, but they got to get in there and they got to start regulating. You bet. If you recall, but Susan, if you'll recall when Zuckerberg appeared uh, on Capitol Hill, um, it was so clear that the vast majority of all these old white people uh, who make up the, you know, our Congress in large part. Yes, yes. They don't have, have like me, it'd be like me. I don't have a clue how really this works and what. So they are not in any position to take uh, him Lynn, on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, just because you're in Congress does not mean that you are an expert on all those different issues that come behind you know, around you. That's what you have your staff for. Right. And that's and that's and that's who's to get you up to speed so that you can question him properly. He's he he died. You know. I don't accept that crap. They got a job to do. They got staff to help them with it, and they get paid for that. So let's do this. I really think it's well. Uh, our, you know, our our um, antitrust laws, our monopoly laws, all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, we're written. All of that crap was written before <laughs> any of this. Uh, we don't enforce any of that stuff anymore. Well, how but can it, you say, how can well, you we don't even enforce it for yeah, yeah, for old uh, manufacturers and that, right? But we do not have anything on the books really dealing with technology, which is going to run. I mean, these companies are getting no, no, no. But this, but I'm just saying that that would follow the pattern across the board uh, of deregulation. I mean, why do airplanes look the you know why is air travel what it is now versus 1950? It's a deregulation. Uh, it's it, you know why do why did we have all of these various financial crises? crises it's deregulation why did we just get rid of the stuff that we put in not 10 years ago to stop it from happening again it's deregulation it's republicans deregulation jesus they will destroy everything roger writes let's face it liberals ain't growing in the cow states land will continue to be better represented in congress than people and the Electoral College won't shift much because young liberals move to the cities. So we, we don't, yeah, we concentrate in the urban areas and we don't gain electoral votes. We need a bunch of young people. Pioneers. Go pioneers to, to go move to Wyoming, North Dakota, South Dakota, Montana, and take those states. Take them. I mean, really. Back in the day, our—I mean, my cohort went to in the Peace Corps. Oh, the least you could guys could do is go to Montana. Okay. It's really pretty there. 
and it's really pretty there. <laughs> you can hunt and fish and do everything there. That's right. You can and ride because your of the internet, on your cell phone there. And because of the internet, you you know you're not isolated in that regard. Assuming they have connections, I mean you yes, got they the do. yeah they do yes. So um, that's what I said. I one of my favorite sights was seeing this cowboy sitting on his on his horse waiting to cross the highway and talking on his cell phone. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> So, uh, totally off subject, there was a uh, a piece, I think, in the Wall Street Journal the other day about how these, you know, the corporations that have uh, sold us uh, stuff for our kitchens and our houses um, forever have always used the model of um, a family, you know, that we were living... There's a mommy and a daddy and some children. And um, that's why in the grocery store, a single person like me is just goes nuts with having to buy a loaf of bread that I'm not going to finish. Of having or repackage to, everything and freeze it. Or repackage it everything board. and freeze it. And the reality is, and this is what is so bizarre is that tons and tons of us now live alone. It's the, like the largest growing demographic there is, people living alone. And they're not just old people. There's a lot of young people who live alone. And all of the packaging, what I think I have a stat here, 28% uh, of American households are comprised of one so that's almost a third. And they don't, I mean, it, it drives me nuts. The one thing that I appreciate is that eggs, you can buy six instead of a dozen, right? Yes. But other than that, what? I don't think anything is packaged for single you can people. Buy, you can buy half pounds of butter now. Right. Um, I uh, you can buy, and then uh, there are stores in Chicago where you can definitely buy half loaves of bread. Well, it turns they out that yeah. there are even appliance makers are starting to get it, and they are starting, just starting to roll out smaller refrigerators, smaller dishwashers, because. Of the way we're, li I mean, you would think they'd be a little more nimble about this kind of uh, demographic change. Well, and I really think that the next, uh, the next trend is going to be um, um, communal living amongst senior citizens. So, because um, I've had this idea with my close older women friends who all decided that their husbands would probably predecease them <laughs> and that we should all just get a big house together where we'd have our separate living quarters but a main central area to be together if we felt like it and in that case you'd want a smaller little you know kitchenette in your unit with a big communal kitchen in the minute it would it would change the way you would build homes but i think that that's that's the way we should live because it's not good for us to live alone 
Well, I know I have had such conversations with friends, too, about such an arrangement. And at this point, I think it's just talk. <laughs> you realize how difficult it would be to organize, so actually to make sure that the women you're talking to are willing, able, and then you have to decide where. And do you think you really could pull that off? There are a few women I could do it with, yeah. Mm-hmm. Boy. You know, they have to, You, I mean, you know, you have to find people that you work with that don't, that aren't going to expect you to be with them all the time. You know, they understand that the concept is alone together, you know, so that you have options in life. Mm-hmm. Well, if you could find the right mix. Yeah. I think it's my new it's my new senior living proposal. Well, I mean it's a good one and I know I have some people have pulled it off. I know that there are, you know, some people who are doing something like that, but uh Well, I, you know, I mean it, I it, know. it 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 ticks off all these answers, you know. It, it I mean living works better with when you can exercise economies of scale. Right. That's what this whole discussion was about. Right. And and you can live in nicer surroundings when you can pool your resources. You can take you can pool your abilities and and take care of your disabilities amongst your own community that you pick of your own choosing. I mean, there's all sorts of reasons for this to work. You just have to design for it and and encur- societally encourage it. Right. Well, it's so you don't pay a nursing home, you know, money to provide this for you, right? <laughs> because because we're going to be living longer and healthier and 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 lonelier unless we figure some of this out. Correct. And this is, I mean, this is true for urban women. There's a better shot at pulling this off, but you know, all those lonely folks in in rural areas or smaller towns, but maybe smaller towns, there's more of a, is it still like sort of a communal network that exists in a small town? I don't know. Yeah, who knows? But it is a growing, I mean, I know it's a growing health issue of uh, aloneness and loneliness. There are different things, but... um, Loneliness. Well, and there have been articles for a long time about that and things that have been happening in other countries for a long time where they match college students with senior citizens. It's wonderful for both of them. They get a place to stay. They They develop strong friendships. They thoroughly enjoy each other. Right. And it just works. So we got to start thinking outside the box because the way it's happening now with the, I don't know, I don't want to end up in some place where there's nothing but old people. It's expensive and isolating. Yeah. You know, it's it's the worst solution. Well, that's what we're good at. This is America. Outsourcing is always the worst solution. Yeah. Yep. Well, Susan, you're in good form. I think you're going to have a hell of a time at your, uh, how many of your, Folks are dead and gone. Did you get a... A quarter of the class. A quarter. Then we, we're over 500. There's over 100 dead. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. 
So I'm going to leave you with one final thought because, you know, my thoughts are evolving on this. I want to rewrite the ERA and repropose it, and it's just a very simple document, and it's going to say, all rights guaranteed to white men are here to, are hereafter guaranteed to all human beings. That, yeah. Well, but the, the thing you is, an adjective, Susan, you the, limit. The so thing no is, no adjectives. But that's white it. men, I mean, the laws don't say white men. I mean, the, the white men privilege is not necessarily legal. It's social, right? Well, we've got to figure out a way because uh, Taylor you know, Swift is behind the Equal <laughs> Rights Amendment for LGBTQ. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, and I want the ERA for women. And what we're really talking about, we, why are we splintering this? What we really want is equal rights for, for everybody. all humans, yeah. period. No exceptions, no leave-outs, no everyone but you. Everybody gets the same treatment in this country, period. Period. Equal protection under, under the, the law, law for every human body. being. Right. Seems pretty simple, doesn't it? <laughs> Who would be against that? Hello? All right, well, you'd Sus. have to explain yourself, wouldn't you? Okay, that's just leaving you with that thought for today. Well, it's good, and I thank you very much. You've been um, really right on tonight today okay. today see guys i'm I, not i'm i'm like a I'm, I'm, idiot. It, it, this is what nervous energy sounds like <laughs> oh is that what it is well it's good this is what exhaustion <laughs> sounds like on my end i'm just exhausted so okay right. thank okay. you well you're welcome bye bye okay guys <laughs> thank you and uh we don't have a fire alarm for another month thank god okay appreciate it enjoy the sun while it lasts, and uh, I'll see you tomorrow. I hope awake. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m., and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.